This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And a very warm welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. Our podcast is entirely supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make the show this week. And we've had loads of new Patreon members joining us in the last seven days. So a huge thank you and welcome to Gary Manning, Dave Mackey and Chris Fincher, who have joined our Bobby Stokes tier and Southampton NY and Drew Dyer, who have joined our Francis Benali tier. If you fancy joining the club, I've got the details on the way very soon. Now, as you may have heard us talking about it last week or seen on our socials, Total Saints podcast is a finalist in the 2023 Football Content Awards. Yeah, we couldn't believe it either. Uh, we're up for best podcast <laughs> in the Football League category. So a massive thank you to everybody who has voted for us so far. There is one final round of voting and then it's down to the judges. So we do need your votes one more time. There's a reason why I'm telling you this now too. Uh, if you're a new listener or you've been with us since the very start, we'd really appreciate your votes. If everybody listening or watching tonight could vote just once, then we'll have a much better chance of winning that silverware. So to vote, you follow the the finalist voting link which you'll find on our socials and also in the podcast notes you have to go to best podcast for football league select total saints from the drop down and then you hit vote now that's it it's that simple you don't even have to sign up or register to vote now the voting closes at midnight tonight which is sunday so if you're watching along live open up your phone give us a vote and then let us know when you've done it in the comments section let's see how many votes we can get whilst we're live tonight um chaps are you looking forward to the trip to i don't know if you mentioned but it's at anfield um we don't normally come up with too much from anfield glenn but um mm. it's nice to get the nomination anyway very nice to get nominated um and I just found it quite amusing, really, because you don't, when you start doing these things, you don't um, 
you don't sign up to win awards or anything like that or even compete for awards so looking forward to it not sure i'm looking forward to listening to alfie's music taste on the way up there <laughs> but you know i've seen that i've seen the playlist and there's some there's some pretty tragic stuff on there in my view but i'm sure um i'm sure he could uh, say similar the, i think uh, it's a yeah, generational yeah. thing for sure glenn yeah <laughs> definitely definitely mm. I'm old enough to be your granddad almost. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, apart from that, um, yeah, looking, looking forward to the trip. And uh, like you say, hoping we come back with more than we normally come back with from Anfield. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a few years now, Alfie. It's your first full season and we get the nomination. So maybe we should have got you on a couple of years ago. Oh, I've been saying that for a really long time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to be part of the team now and I can't wait to go up. I've seen a lot of comments coming in saying they voted more than once. I didn't know you could do that, but just a bit of encouragement perhaps if you can. Are we allowed to say that? Definitely yeah, different devices. No, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Um, so thank you. I know a few people that have been voting already, so uh, really appreciate that. It has been a busy week. Uh, two games to review. Uh, a deeply frustrating afternoon against Rotherham, which followed that win on the road at Stoke. Uh, plus, after the international break, it's back to business with a trip to Hull. Going to preview that one with the help of Ant Northgraves, who's from the To Hull and Back podcast. Uh, going to be chatting to him about that a bit later on. Uh, some introductions before we continue. My name is Martin Stark, and I'm joined by our regular contributors, Glenn Delacour, who is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Alfie House is the senior Southampton reporter at the Daily Echo. And the other face on the screen, the voice you're going to hear tonight making her TSP debut, is Eleanor Hobby, who's a freelance football writer and a Saints fan. Welcome, Eleanor. Lovely to have you on. Uh, all underpinned by our TSP. SP patrons, this is episode 246 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints podcast. And before we talk about the football, as always, a quick shout out for our Patreon community. Their monthly contributions fully support the show and we couldn't make TSP without their support. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of those tiers has different perks. You get access to an ad-free version of the pod. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merch bundles that we do. There's also the TSP FPL and you get access to some of the events that we're planning too. Now, if you want to get involved in supporting the podcast each month, head over to patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast for more details and you'll find all the links in the podcast show notes and on the youtube description so let's get into this week's episode shall we Rotherham hadn't picked up so much as a point away from home all season uh, their expectation was low ahead of the trip to st mary's but lo and behold they left with a point uh glenn i'm going to come to you first to try and sum this right. one up i mean we should <laughs> be discussing a 4-0 win to be honest yeah i mean you've had the old cliche game of two halves for me this was a game of three thirds for the first Half an hour, I thought we were brilliant. We played some great stuff, pulled them apart all over the place, scored, goal disallowed, keeper made three or four blinded saves. And it looked for all the world like we were going to win 4-0, 5-0. Just needed that second goal to go in. And then and then you thought the, the roof would cave in on Rotherham. However, either side of half time, the 15 minutes before, 15 minutes afterwards, we went into passive rubbish mode where the wingers stopped playing high up the pitch they they were coming short Walker Peters stopped getting forward on the right hand side and the whole game seemed to be condensed into the middle third of the pitch and we weren't going anywhere start of the second half there was a bizarre sort of five minute section of play where we just kept the ball going absolutely nowhere and it was like we were trying to you know draw any sting out of the game but Rotherham didn't have any sting whatsoever 
and I don't know if we were giving them too much respect or, or waiting for the, you know, some sort of onslaught. But it, you know, that was rubbish. And then, and then of course they scored, and the, and the goal they scored was a massive catalogue of errors, starting with giving them the ball back. I'm sure we'll get onto that. Wrong players going up for the header. Flynn Downs went up for it. Should have been Bednarek. No one, no one closes the knockdown. It's a terrible header by Howard Bellis. Just plops it down. And what the hell is Bazunu doing 15 yards off his line? It's just, once the ball has not been secured, and you know if the ball's bouncing around like that, get get back on your line. If he's back on his line, he just catches it, that you know, in front of his face. It's it's never going to be a goal. The ball went in halfway up the goal. What an so it's not an easy finish, but it's a damn sight easier than it would have been if the goalkeeper had been in the right place. So it's a it's a catalogue of errors any one of which could have stopped that being a goal. But, you know, it's uh, a lot of players need to be uh, looking at themselves on that. And Bazuni, to be fair, he's improved recently, but that was that was a bad one, I thought. The last half an hour, it was just, it was kind of panic mode a little bit, trying to, you know, it was like we couldn't believe we were level and we, we tried to obviously throw a few players forward, lots of substitutions made, but we had Sekumara and Joe Rebo on the pitch by that stage. And, and you kind of just think, that's oh, not going to happen now. And Shay Adams wearing his Adidas trampolines with the ball just going everywhere. And he had a terrible game. He was involved in the golf, of course, with his header that hit the post and Stuart Armstrong knocked it in. That was kind of his one contribution. I don't really know what's happened to him. I mean, it's too easy to say he's, you know, post-transfer window. He's, it's just, but it, you know, it, it really is. Since then, he's just not been the same player. He hasn't even been as good as the low bar that was set last season. Yeah, there's something there's something I missed there. Russell Martin's comments afterwards, I, his definition of what a great performance is, is basically dominating the ball. 80% possession, he sees that as a great performance. I, my definition of a great performance is the first half an hour when we're stretching Rotherham and putting their goal under pressure and their defenders are wondering where the hell the next attack's coming from. Mm. The first 30 minutes was a great performance. I thought the, the, the middle 30 wasn't. And yeah, so it ended up just being as frustrating as you like. And I, I, you know, it's almost criminal not to win a game. I mean, Rotherham, I know they, you know, they're they're a relatively small club in this division. They've got a lot of injuries, but to to not beat them, they they they're the most limited team we'll play this season. The eleven they had out on the pitch, so it was just a terrible result, really. Bearing in mind what we're trying to achieve this season, I think that's that's the context, isn't it? And I do want to get on to the the criticism of the team a little bit later because I think it's important that we address that. But Alfie, should we be pleased with the performance, the domination, the the eighty percent possession? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it's impossible to be pleased about the performance and the domination, the possession when you haven't won the game against what Glenn says is 100% the most limited team they'll play at St. Mary's this season because they had half of what is already one of the worst squads in the championship missing. Um, and they, I think they lost one for injury in the first half as well. But that being said, and I know you don't win football matches with stats, I mean, they did dominate the game. They had three and a half expected goals to like 0.1. You know, in nine times out of 10, they win that game comfortably. Um, Will Smallbone with a massive chance in the second half to make it 2 0. And that would have just settled things, and you know that that would have been that would have been all right. I what I totally agree with with Glenn is the the start of the second half was horrendous. Let's be honest. I mean, we spoke to Flynn Downs afterwards, and he called it himself walking football. Yeah. And when when the player calls it that, you know, it's a a worrying sign. I think 
the team selection was fine for me. Chad Adams coming on, so yeah. didn't work. It wasn't a good performance, but he couldn't have done much else. Charlie needed to change. It was just a bit of fitness reasons. Uh, Russell said that he felt something during the weekend training. And the only other criticism I'd have, apart from the start of that second half, is I didn't think the subs did anything, which Glenn has already touched um, on. And, you know, like Arriba and Mara, they, you want to give them chances. You want to sort of see what Russell Martin sees in training every week, apparently. But we still don't see it. And we'll get on to Stoke as well with Seku Mara. The only one I'm saying on the subs is I saw Ryan Fraser getting a lot of criticism, but I actually felt that he created two of the biggest chances in the final 15 minutes of the game where they should have won. So I actually thought that if you're looking for moments from a substitute, he provided two moments to win the game if his players could finish. So I actually felt that Ryan Fraser probably did what was required of him, but I saw him getting a lot of stick, which is interesting. I guess but, it's easier to uh, lob the three of them together, isn't it, when you're hmm. talking about the three people that came on at, at the same time, maybe? Definitely, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of um, there's some of the reaction, and like I say, we'll get onto the criticism, has been about sort of tippy-tappy stuff. And I think the start of that second half was, but nine times out of ten, you replay that game, they will win it. So I'm very frustrated hmm. um, about it. But at the end of the day, the result's business, and they've got an awful result. I can't help but think if that Adam Armstrong goal wasn't offside, then we we go on and we win that by yeah. an absolute mile. Eleanor, was that one of the most frustrating games you've seen uh, at St Mary's, certainly in, in recent years? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember being sat there at half time and like it wasn't perfect or anything, but they didn't offer anything at all. And I never thought they got into the game or irritated us. It was just way too easy, to be honest. And it, it was surprising when I saw them on the ball, to be honest, because I just thought we've just absolutely dominated possession. But I just can't believe we didn't win it, to be honest. I know we had like six shots on goal and loads of corners in the first half. And the offside goal was a really nice goal as well, like a back heel. But it's just it's just so frustrating because I thought the whole team played so well in the first half. And, you know, Flynn Downs played a really nice deep role as well. And he was really good with the ball at his feet. And, you know, Smallbone had some nice decision-making, spreading play, played a nice pass to Suleiman on the left edge of the box um just really nice worked goals really really good play it was almost like they you could tell they were really enjoying playing that way and then I just don't know what happened in the second half I mean like we didn't even win headers a lot anymore and it just seemed to collapse really like I I, I know there's times where we pass it around the back at St Mary's and a lot of fans seem to get really angry that we're not going forward and sometimes it's it's fine you know because it's better than the opposition having possession but it was just frustrating that we didn't put away these chances and then we didn't create more and didn't kill the game off. And I, I was just so angry <laughs> that we didn't win because we have to get these points. We can't drop points, you know, like the, the playoffs is great if we get promoted. But equally, you know, we should be we should be higher than that, really. We should be killing games off, to be honest, with the team we have. They look a long way off at the moment, to be fair. The subs, Glenn, do you think that's about trying to keep the squad happy or do you think that's a bit about tired legs having played on the, the Tuesday as well? They talk about the, the three-game week and the need to, to manage the squad better. Yeah, a little bit of both, I feel. You know, as Alfie said, Charlie Alcaraz um, had to had to drop out for, for fitness reasons and, and, and I get that. Yeah, the, the substitutions at the time, I think we were 1-0 up at the time when the triple sub happened. I think it was just before the goal. Is that right? And it, it definitely seemed to me an effort to sort of preserve certain players' legs, like Stuart Armstrong came off, didn't he? And that that's he's made such a difference since he's come into the team and, and taking him off, sort of, he, he dropped Alcaraz into that role, didn't he? And uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't as good. I mean, I, I thought Ryan, Ryan Fraser, it, yeah, it's interesting enough. He said he had, he had, he had a couple of moments. He, he did have a couple of moments, and that is what a substitute is supposed to do, make an impact. But I thought generally he he, he, he wasn't great. And Aribo and Mara, you, you kind of know what you're not going to get. 
from from those two. So you know, I, I certainly think in um, in Sekamara's case, it was you know they're they're trying to get something out of him. They you know they obviously still think there's a player in there. He came on as the first sub against Stoke, didn't he? Which was a bit of a surprise. But uh, but yeah, I, I I struggle to see it. A, a lot of the time, and I've, I've struggled since midway through last season to see where the where the player is in there. But you know, better judges than me have um, picked him for France under twenty ones, and um, he's been coached by Thierry Henry there. So there must be a player in there. So maybe the maybe the club are, are, are failing him more than the other way around. I don't I don't know, but yeah, I, I didn't think the subs really um, really helped us, and conceding a goal straight after. Um, definitely was not part of the plan. I don't think he would have taken Adam Armstrong or Stuart Armstrong off that early had Rotherham equalised already. But uh, that's the that's what happens sometimes, isn't it? When you, I, I do think managers do try and be a little bit too clever with it sometimes. You know, it's an international week coming up, so who cares if Stuart Armstrong plays another ten minutes? Mm-hmm. You know, but there you go. James is uh, one of our patrons, and he says that hugely frustrating day yesterday. But if you would have offered Saints fans seven points from nine before those three games, most would have snapped your hand off, which I think is a fair comment. Uh, again, it highlights how poor the strikers are, in particular Che. Uh, not sure why he started yesterday. I think we've touched on some of that, James. But is that the is that a fair assessment of the, those games? You know, we were expecting Alfie to probably lose against Leeds, and then maybe nick a draw at Stoke, and then win convincingly yesterday. So all said and done. Looking back on those those last three games, it, it's probably where the return that we thought we were going to get. Yeah, and I think that is something that Russell Martin said at the end of the week. I think at the end of the day, you, you need to beat Rotherham at home, second from bottom, and it doesn't excuse that by any means. But he did say that if you were to look you know, reflect on the week, it's been a good week, a positive week for the club. And I think it had been, you know, they really massively important result against Leeds. It had to turn side a little bit. Um, the atmosphere was really good. And I thought the atmosphere actually yesterday for the most part of the game was good as well, despite obviously the delay to the second half and everything that came mm. with that. Um, you know, I thought that they did get behind the team and that was as a result of the week they've had. The Stoke, uh, we'll get into the Stoke one more clearly, but I think they showed real tenacity and real steel in that Stoke game. Again, the second yeah. half wasn't a brilliant footballing performance, but in terms of a, a you know, defensive performance and defending the box, Bednarek and Harwood Bellis, um, Jelen, you know, it, it was a good week. And I don't leave this week, despite not beating Rotherham, concerned in any way or thinking, or oh, maybe we should make a change or anything like that, because the end of the day they, they could have quite easily had nine points from nine had a couple of different chances gone in and, and yeah we touched on chain it's not a pile on on che mm. but he had three big chances in the first 10 minutes gave the ball back to them for the goal so he, he's got a lot of work to do to get back into the team now because charlie's definitely ahead of him 100 percent. and when ross stewart comes back as well he's gonna have even more competition so um yeah i'm not sure what he's playing that really are we yeah uh, i mean his inability to find the back of the net hasn't changed i don't think we mm. were too surprised but ross stewart could have a bit of an impact. I kind of feel he's going to have to be the signing of the season if we're going to push on. There's going to be a lot on his shoulders. If this is more poor recruitment, then we've absolutely blobbed it. And he's close to coming back, Alfie. Was that the update this week? Yeah, I asked Russell on Friday and look, he's he's not he's an honest guy, but he's very um keeps cards close to his chest when it comes to team selection and fitness and stuff. But he says hopefully we'll see him very, very soon. Um he's still not fully involved in first team training. He just does little bits with the first team. So I wouldn't imagine he'll be starting um a whole way in a couple of weeks' time, but hopefully we'll see him in the next couple of games off the bench. Let's just touch on the, the frustrations around the ground. I mean, Eleanor, we've we've played eleven games now, so it's it's almost more or less a quarter of the way through the season and we're thirteen points behind Leicester, 11 behind Ipswich, I think. To me, it seems that that is what the frustrations are about, not necessarily the, the result yesterday. It's more of a, a bigger picture. Can you can you see why people are, are getting frustrated? Because it's not where we thought we were going to be. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Leicester, I feel like we've got probably a bit more, or we had a bit more work to do than they did maybe, as in 
I think they've obviously had some good decision making and got some really good experience in like there's players there that probably should just be in the Premier League to be honest so that's probably why they're dominating so much because I think they've just got a lot of stuff right but I think it depends because of who we've played I mean when I was at Hillsborough I remember it was a really good game like you know the possession was great we absolutely dominated in the last 10 minutes or whatever Mm. it was and we were just Basically, they couldn't get the ball off of us. But equally, when they got back into the game, if we hadn't scored that second goal, um, obviously we had Prousey then, you know, other players. But it would have been a bit awful if we if we drawn that game because they're obviously one one of because I thought Rotherham were awful, um, one of the worst teams in the championship. And I just think it's down to who we've played really. Although I think Russell has had to get a lot of things right in a very short space of time because obviously the aim is promotion and nothing less and I feel like it's it's a lot to kind of fix in a very short space of time because you can't really leave a lot of room for errors we can't really drop a lot of points if we're to finish first or second <laughs> um, so it's I think it's just who we've played really and um, it's just been frustrating with some of the games because Ipswich are a really good team but they just sort of sat back and it was just an awful game so I, I think it's just down to the, the opponents, really. And it's just frustrating that it's kind of not all formed into place very quickly because we can't afford to really drop points. They seem quite quick to call the fans out a bit, though, Alfie. I, know I didn't miss this. All. There was a, he was having words, wasn't he, Russell Martin, with one of the fans after the game. I, I kind of I missed it, but I read about it um, when you were reporting on it. He, he mm-hmm. felt like he, he had to step in and defend the team. Yeah, it's interesting. One. I mean, we got um, we spoke to Flynn. And I mentioned Flynn was the one who sort of alerted me to it because I didn't see it either. And there'll be some full quotes from him coming out tomorrow morning. But you know, no one prompted him on it. He he was saying it was absolutely mental. They were getting booed after that performance. And and obviously, I asked Russell about it, and he sort of explained what was going on. And there was a bit of something on the touchline. I, to an extent, I completely understand the frustration of the day, but I do agree with Flynn and Russell. It was a, a decent enough performance. It, it wasn't a performance that deserved to be players to be abused. As well as they didn't lose two nils, problem. You know they, they did dominate the game. They did create enough chances. They missed the big moments. But I think I'm I'm always a little bit cautious when yeah you know, when Flynn's saying it, when Russell's saying it. I'm always in the back of my head thinking, yeah, you could probably not say that and just save yourself a little bit of trouble. Mm, yeah, they must be talking about it in the dressing room. Yeah, I think you're 100 reflects the view of the club. Yeah. Couple of things before we we put it to bed. You can understand the frustrations, I guess, can't you? Because I mean, we're all we're all feeling it, and it's it's not just that game yesterday. It's it's the last few years, isn't it? That's it, we still haven't turned that corner, or it doesn't um, feel to me like we have. I think you're giving a lot of fans way too much credit that they actually think past the ninety minutes they've just seen. <laughs> I, you know, I taking that game in isolation. It's a it's a game against a poor team that we really should have won. Um, obviously, I think. A lot of people have got it in their head that they don't like Russell Martin's brand of yeah. football, and it doesn't matter what what happens. I mean, I thought the first half hour was brilliant, as I said earlier, and it, you know the players stopped playing that way. I can't imagine Russell Martin was sat on the side saying, "Camel Dean, stop making runs. Kyle, stop going forward." I can't imagine he was doing that. It just they seem to just don't need they don't seem to need much encouragement to go into a real sort of passive mode of, of just keeping the ball with with no stretching of the opposition. And that's, Gordon Strachan used to call it propaganda football, where you, you're just bolstering your stats and you're not you're not going anywhere. I mean, Hull, Hull that's who we're playing next week. Rotherham, <laughs> they, they score from a long ball and a knockdown. You, you know, and I'm not saying we should smash the ball up the pitch, but 
you know, we, we do need to... There's a time and a place. <laughs> keep trying to pass the ball forwards. Interesting stat for you, though. They have played the ball forwards more time than any other team in the championship. Most progressive really? passes, most progressive carries of any team in the championship as well, or top two. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the stats and stuff like that. But I guess that's only really, you know, relevant to the amount of possession you have. Mm. If you have the ball for 80% yeah. of the time and you pass the ball forward one more time than a team that has it 40% of the time, mm. then, you know... You, and I, I think that's the frustration. I think people have preconceived ideas about about uh, that you know Russell Martin's style of football is is going to be a problem. And I think if it works properly, like it did in that first half an hour, then there's absolutely no problem with it. But the the, the players have got to be a good enough and b willing enough to keep doing it for the for the ninety minutes. And I believe he's he's made that point before. If we hadn't have had that really stodgy half an hour in the middle of the game, then they, I just don't think Rotherham would have got near our goal. Yeah, but we we invited them onto it, and 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 that's the problem. Last thing, Glenn, can you just clear up this Che chucking the ball back to their keeper business? Um, it seemed to Not me really. that, that, they, <laughs> that, they, that they that they wanted to make a change. Uh, they played it out. We gave it back to them. Was it? It wasn't a head injury, was it? Just it, it was odd. It was bizarre. I I didn't think anything of it at the time because I assumed that someone must have been injured. Hmm. And and that's why the the goalie threw the ball out. If if the, if it's simply a case of they wanted to make substitutions, then the goalie's an idiot for throwing the ball out. Because ninety nine times out of a hundred, you would not get that ball back. You know, what would you do that? You wait till there's a natural break in play. Yeah, it's 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 a strange one. If if it's as reported that we were just being nice and giving it back to them, then that's that's just absolutely absurd. Well, it's really frustrating because as a segue into the Stoke game, the during that game, I think Jan Bednarek put the ball out of play when there was a Stoke player injured uh, in the, under the sort of last 10 minutes under the cloche and Ben Pearson didn't give the ball back and actually ended up throwing in for an attack. And Russell Martin's yeah. really frustrated about that on Tuesday night as well. So the fact that they've then gone and done something similar the other way around Saturday. Feels like they're not learning. Mm. They're not learning. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, we will get into the Stoke game. I feel um, that we have to review that before we finish tonight. But um, I want to pause just to preview uh, the next game because after the international break, it's a trip to Hull. It's a biggie as well. It's eighth versus ninth. Uh, so to help us preview that game is uh, Ad Northraves from a podcast called To Hull and Back. I think if there was an award for the best name for 
for a podcast, then uh, then that goes to you guys. And and I guess you couldn't not call your podcast that. I must say, Ant, you're also up for the Football Content Award this year. Um, you're in the same category as us. So. Yeah, yeah, competition, healthy competition. Yeah. So I'd like you to be good tonight, but not too good, if that's all right. <laughs> well, I'll be contributing to yours, won't I? So uh, I've got to get yeah. that, You'll get a name in, uh, mentioned in dispatches. Are you going? Are you going to Anfield? We're going to see you there. You are, yeah. yeah I think I think three three out of the four of us are going. So yeah, you'll, you'll see the majority of us. Good stuff. Um, well, you're obviously on just to uh, enlighten us a little bit about your season and how it's going. Um, what have you made of the start? How's it been so far? Um, yeah, it's been very good. I think um, pre-season expectations where we'd probably be a mid-table side, um, possibly flat with the playoffs kind of um, season. But we've, you know, if anything, under Rosinia, we've just been hard to beat and we've continued that this season, despite perhaps being a bit more leaky at the back than we were last year. Um, I think we've only lost eight out of either 39 or 40 games that Rosini has been in charge of. So, you know, at this level, that's very good. Last season, we were we were absolutely ravaged by injuries. We 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 couldn't score goals. So our print, our main focus, sorry, was was to not concede goals, uh, which is what we did. Got through the season quite, you know, as we as we expected, mid table, saved off relegation. And this season, like we say, we started like a like a house on fire. Started to teeter off a bit at the minute as we've got a couple of injuries to key players. Um, we've only got one one win in the last six, I believe. Um, we just keep drawing games. I think they were saying that we're going to get About five draws, isn't it, this season? Is it five yeah, draws? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, it's majority of them at home. Um, we can't seem to. If the impetus is on us to to attack, um, we really struggle to break teams down. But if a team comes onto us and 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 leaves space on the counter, that's where we can damage teams. So I'm hoping that Southampton come to the to the MKM wanting to win the game, <laughs> so we can we can actually play some stuff instead of sitting back like we've um, we've faced this season. But no, if, if we can sort our home form out, we'd be a lot higher than we are. Um, our away form has been good. Um, I mean, we've not lost at home this season, which is good, but we've just only won the one. So it's, you know, it's, it's you know, would you rather win and lose or, or draw two kind of uh, approach? Mm. So. But no, it's been a good season, a lot of promise. We've definitely got the foundations there to, to start thinking about a top six push. If we're in around this, this sort of position come mm. December, January time, then you know, you'd really start to think this could be a season where we, we we try and get into the top six. But let's see if we can get through this little bit of a, a bad run first. Is the international break going to help, do you think? A chance to work on a few things. Do you think there might be some more players coming back from injury? Is that going to, uh, is, is the extra week going to help? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, Rosini was asked this after the game um, against Millwall on the weekend and and he said he'd rather have games thick and fast so he can keep a momentum going. But with, with, with some of the injuries we've got to players like Regan Slater, on two fan, you know, we're kind of missing that little bit of ruthlessness up top, that clinical edge. And, you know, Connolly, uh, who's on five goals, he's our top scorer at the minute. He's 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 been isolated the last few games. The lap got dropped and he's, he's come back into it. And I just feel like at the minute where teams kind of were really inconsistent over the 90 minutes, like we can control the game for 45 like we did against Millwall, but then sit deep and allow the other team to come on to us for the other 45. Like Millwall was literally a game of two halves and... I feel like we need to learn to to control the game for 90 minutes. And I think the best way to do that, obviously, would be playing games. But at the minute, like we say, with a couple of players out and I think maybe some confidence um, levels drop in, um, maybe time to work on some stuff, look at some videos, iron out a couple of the defensive issues that we've got this season and work on really, you know, converting some of these chances. And, and, and yeah, the international break's probably come at a good time for us, despite what Rosinia says. Um, Alfie, games after the international break always worry me a little bit. I don't mm. know if uh, if they never seem to come at the right time for us, do they? It's like there's too much time to think. 
Yeah, it's also the second time in a row they're going into this national break on a little bit of a minor wobble as well, I suppose you could say. Obviously, the last one was a bit more of a major wobble up at Sunderland with the uh, the 5-0 defeat. And it's going to be interesting to see what mine has on his, uh, his disposal this week because obviously last time I went up there and did a training session um, during the international break, they had 10 or 11 players involved. Um, this time he's got one less with Charlie Alcaraz obviously going off to Argentina. So he's not going to have many people there. It'd be, you know, be Flynn Downs, Mason Holgate, Adam Armstrong, hopefully Ross Stewart and obviously a few others. So exactly what preparation he'll have, I don't know. I think Charlie's meant to get back um, sort of two or three days before the game from Argentina. So I can't imagine he'll be starting on, um, be on, on the Saturday, then. Yeah. which could well mean, like say, Che Adams is, is back in the team again. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then it's going to be a long week to think about those missed chances at the weekend. What are your your thoughts ahead of this one? Well, I feel quite bad because I don't know that much about Hull, but that's my own... <laughs> that's why Ant's here. No, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually going to ask how Liam Delap's been doing, but it doesn't sound like he was worth the £25 million we were going to pay for him. So I'm sort of glad we've, we've dodged that bullet, really. But um, yeah, He's actually... Uh, just, just, Liam Delap has actually been really good. He, he had two loan spells last season at Stoke and Preston. And um, it, it was one of those signings that when we made it in summer, you were kind of sceptical because, you know, both them fan bases were saying he's not actually that good, you know. Um, we, we were wanting players that could convert chances and he didn't look like he had that goal-scoring prowess about him. So it was a bit of a strange signing and, and obviously came with scepticism amongst the fan base. But he, for me, has probably been one of our best players this season. I, I don't quite know why he got dropped. I think it was because... We played, I think, four games in the space of like a week and a half and maybe minutes were getting to him. And he's going away with the under-21s as well. So he's got the extra minutes in, in, in with that um, and maybe don't want to burn him out. But his hold-up play um, is fantastic. And I think it's it's what he gives to us is it's more than his goals. So we've not signed him to be a goal scorer. He is our, he, he, he's our forefront of, of getting out of defence and midfield. So he, he drops deep. He'll hold the ball up, and then on the turn, he's frightening. Like his his pace for how big he is 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 amazing, and um, his skill on the ball. I mean, he's just not the player we were told we were getting. He's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he definitely deserves to have more goals than what he's got. Um, but he, it's more about stretching defenses and creating spaces for the likes of Philogene, for the likes of Connolly, for the likes of Tufan to score those goals with the late runs into the box. He's more of a provider, and um, our our play kind of goes through him. So. Um, yeah, um, he's, he's. I mean, if you were signing him for 25 million, maybe that's a bit much at the minute, but he's young and he's English. Um, so, you know, you've always got that English tax on players, aren't you? And he's, he's, I mean, Guardiola was full of praise for him and I feel like he's not the kind of manager to, um, you know, say a player's really good at yeah. something if they're not. Um, so, no, but he, he is... Does he take throw-ins, Ant? Does he take throw-ins like his old man? <laughs> uh, no, he does not. He doesn't. He, he does doesn't. not. That's his no. waste, isn't it? I can't yeah, believe 18 years of development. And I know, where's the legacy? <laughs> If we'd have signed him, there'd have been a buyback clause in there and all sorts of nonsense mm. anyway. Um, Glenn, they've had their ups and downs over the years, but I mean, obviously, as, as Ant says, they're clean, keen to make the playoffs. So it, it's going to be a difficult afternoon, that's for sure. Yeah, very much so. And it's, um, I think, because Saints have been in the Premier League for 11, 12 years, whatever it was, um, obviously Hull were in there for a little bit as well. But when teams come down to the Championship, the, the squad is completely different. It's never mm. the same players. But look, having a quick look at Hull's squad unlike Rotherham, without being too disparaging to Rotherham, there were a, n- a number of players that I'm aware of who 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 play for Hull. I mean, Aaron Connolly, I remember from Brighton, Liam Delap, obviously, you've, you've mentioned. Um, is it Seri? Is that the one who played for Fulham that they signed for 30 million quid or yeah. something daft? Yeah. Rumoured so, to be I mean, going to Barcelona at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember him scoring an amazing goal for Fulham when he first signed. And then... Um, 
and then nothing much after that. But uh, and I also noticed Alfie Jones, who was um, there was a centre back for us in the academy. You know, I did actually see play a couple of times, and he was one that I always thought would possibly make it. You know, it's it's difficult make it for us. Uh, obviously, he's made it with um, with Hull, but he's. Um, he was sort of like just a big, strong player. And you, you don't get many central defenders coming through the, you know, certainly at Premier League level where we were. Um, but I always thought he had a chance. So I was a little bit disappointed when he got moved on. I can't remember where he went initially. He went somewhere else first um, before he rocked up a hole. But I noticed he's a, he's a regular this season. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, there's a number of players there who um, should combine to make a decent side. And Rossini always seems like a fairly... Um, fairly decent manager when you hear him speak it's not like Alex Neal at Stoke I'm not going to get onto that in a minute but uh yeah Rossini is someone who I always whenever he's interviewed on I'm not scrabbling to turn the telly off or whatever so uh, so no it should be a it should be a good game and you worry me slightly with um what you say about mm. you're decent against teams who uh who you can hit on the break. Well, that's us. Yeah, <laughs> we're, all, we're all sat there with our head in our hands. That's right? us. Like, oh, no, yeah. That's not what, what you we, want to hear. When you we've get been a little off. bit more pragmatic the last few games and we've started getting results. Because um, earlier on in the season, we were like ball carrier, seven players in front of the ball, <laughs> give ball away, and then <laughs> deadly. You know, it was just it was just horrendous to watch. So, uh, so no, it should, it should make... Uh, should make for quite an interesting uh, game. I see this one actually being uh, pretty close, but uh, yeah, the, the the race for eighth. Um, <laughs> looking, looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you all for uh, for score predictions in just a moment, and so I'll come to you uh, for yours in just a moment. Um, Eleanor, would you be inclined to like change things up a bit for this, or do you think we're going to see the same team that that started at the weekend? Because he seems to have settled vaguely on his preferred eleven. Finally. I would probably just have the same team because I think we I think we changed it, didn't we? Like till recently it was like a different team every every game. Mm. But um obviously minus Shay, I prefer Charlie. I, I think the team we had at Stoke, I think that's probably our best eleven at the moment. I think um Howard Bellis and Bednarek have been a really good partnership as well. So hopefully Jack Stevens will come back. But um I think that's definitely our best centre back partnership at the moment as well. Well, it was a game we lost 2-1, I think, last time back in 2016. I was trying to check the stats. Charlie Austin with the goal <laughs> for us. And I'm going to start with you. And what's your, your score prediction for this one? Are we all going to go for a draw off of the back of what you said? I mean, it's at home. So a draw is probably the, the, the banker bet because we just draw at home. That's all we do. We might as well be artists. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's why they've been nominated for the award. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that's your content for you. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 one I'm actually a bit more optimistic about because, like I say, we we're, we're far better against the teams that that want to come and attack us because that 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 there is, you know, we've got absolute lightning on the counter. I mean, Jaden Philogene, how we've managed to sign him permanently in the championship. I mean, above clubs like yourselves and Leicester, that could probably have pinched him for for, um, you know, back pocket change kind of, you know, your parachute payments and then selling players for 50 yeah. million or whatever it is. Um, but he's he's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, his first 45 minutes against Millwall last week was was phenomenal. I think it's the best 45 I've seen from a City shirt in a long time. Players like him, um, like I said, the lap, um, we've got attacking fullbacks in Cyrus Christie, uh, Ruben Vinagre, a few players, but Jacob Greaves does a fairly adept job there as well. Like I said, we've got Seri and, and Tyler Morton who sit sort of conducting play in the middle and they, they, they can ping a long diag in behind, which is which has been a good source of goals for us this week. So if you if you play a high line, we're, we're very good at exposing that. 
So I'm going to be slightly optimistic, actually, and I'm 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 going to say I think we might come away two one winners. I'm sorry to um to, to to come on here and say that, but I'm, I'm it's not very often I'm optimistic, so I'm going to take it. Uh, Glenn, um, I was thinking exactly the same. To be honest, I think it, judging by what by what I know about Hull and the players they got and the way they play now, thanks to Ant's input, mm. I'm a little bit uh, a little bit concerned about this one. After the last, remember after the last um, international break, Russell Martin came back and decided to play inverted fullbacks, and we absolutely shot ourselves. So yeah, so I'm hoping that. You know, he uses this this break to uh, to not do too much with regards to coming up with uh, clever tactics. So yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll I'll go realism this time. I'll go two one win for Hull as well. Okay, Alfie. Yeah, I mean, I've been having an absolute horror show. I mean, we all have to be fair. Nobody's predicting well this season. <laughs> I am bottom by one point, so I could do with a result here. I was so unlucky with the one nil Robin, by the way. Um, I'm a little bit. Well, I agree with Glenn and what Anne said. I, I'm a little bit worried about it, but I, I don't. I don't know how many players Hull will have going away. I think there is something to be said about the fact that all of the squad pretty much do leave during international break, and that will make things difficult for Russell Martin. But I'm going to—I'm uh, always wrong, so I'm going to go for a two-all draw and uh, hopefully for a two-one win. Okay, uh, Eleanor, score prediction from you, please. Uh, not too much pressure because, as, uh, as Alfie said, this yeah. is where we always get it wrong. So uh, none of us picked up a point last time. But uh, what, how do you see this one playing out? Um, I have no idea. I think maybe if you said you love draws at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, obviously, we do have like a good attack. We can score goals, even though we didn't put away our chances um, yesterday. But I don't know. I, I think with similar position in the table, I'll just go for two all. <laughs> two all. There's a lot of people watching uh, that have said two all tonight. Sounds like there might be some goals. So, Anne, thanks for coming on. Really uh, useful insight. And we shall see you at Anfield for a beer for the uh, for the Football Content Awards. So, uh... Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I... I'm actually in my car. I'm not sure if you've told. Um, I've, I've had a really yeah. busy weekend, so I just managed to cram a little um, spare time in before I set off home. So, yeah, it's been a, been, been oh, quite an experience. All really appreciate So we'll, we'll catch up later in the season as well. Thanks for coming on, Ant. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. See you later. Couple of other bits. I feel like we need to just talk about the Stoke game. So please stay with us if you're watching live. A Stuart Armstrong free kick and Saints three points on what was, well, a mild Tuesday night at Stoke. Glenn, I mean, that was a decent strike, but if we're being honest, we rode our luck a bit there, didn't we? Some of the decisions. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I thought the referee was interesting from the first minute, to be honest, because the way he handled the um, the Suleimana against their right back, he basically pulled him back every single time he went past him. So with another referee, he could have been sent off literally after about six minutes because um, that was he was awful. And that was all he had was just pulling back the player as, he, as he'd gone past him. So, so the referee was a little bit interesting. Um, the way he handled that. You know, the, the goal came. I know Stoke fans are moaning about the, um, you know, it wasn't a free kick. It clearly it's was. Definitely he, free had, kick. he had all of his shorts. And, mm. you know, that's, you can't do that. The Stoke <laughs> fans annoyed me, actually, right from the first whistle with the, the treatment of Will Smallbone. Yeah. Booing a lone player that yeah. played, like, played really well for you. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, so that, that, that annoyed me. And I, I don't find much likable about the the way Stoke approached the game or um, Alex Neil never never warmed to him whatsoever when he was manager of Norwich. So we you know got the goal, brilliant free kick, obviously into, into the second half, and you know there, there wasn't a great deal of quality in the game. I never really felt like Stoke were going to score. They had a half penalty shout, which was embarrassing. There was like nothing in that whatsoever. Uh, and then they had the rugby tackle by um, <laughs> by Benerick. And it's just nuts how that's not 
not given. I've seen a couple of people trying to defend it and say, oh, it's not, not a foul. It is. It, it doesn't matter where the ball is. It doesn't matter that the ball's gone through to the goalkeeper and no one's, you know, it's, you know, that that's a foul. Yeah, as I say, the game I thought was pretty low on quality, um, but it was an entertaining sort of like championship game. It was a good test for us. And um, I really like the handbags. Yeah, agreed. You know, mm-hmm. I like the fact yeah. that the handbag started and we didn't take a step backwards. I mean, I remember getting told by an old manager of mine years ago, you know, don't take a step backwards, but don't punch anyone either. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they, so you basically keep your discipline. But Sound advice. Let, yeah. let the other team know that you're not going to take a step backwards. And I thought, I thought all that was um, was good stuff. And when you, you know, Mark Travers on loan from Bournemouth, I mean, how embarrassing was that? He runs twenty yards to get involved in all the incidents. And then Charlie gives him a little push in the back and he's six foot four and he dives on the ground. It's just embarrassing, mate. Stop it. So overall, you know, ten we we played out the ten minutes um of injury time. Stoke which is they sent on Wesley. It's my old thing. No no good footballers called Wesley anywhere. And he um Wes Hulahan's a Norwich City legend, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I know he's retired. He's retired. Yeah, so is Wesley enough. Snyder before you give me that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wesley Hoyt's still playing. Um, <laughs> you know, so they were just creaming the ball out of the park. And Bednarek and Harwood Bellis, I thought, were excellent. And I thought it was it was good for Holgate to play 10 minutes without having a calamity as mm. well. So uh, yeah. so uh, I thought we handled the end of the game reasonably well, even though Stoke were quite limited. So, uh, no, it was, a, it was a good three points. We've got to be thankful for the referee not, not spotting the the Bednarek challenge, but uh, but yeah, overall three points, job done. Tough game, but we we passed all the tests. Yeah, it was a big test as well. Eleanor, not exactly a classic, but three much needed points when you look back at the the week that we've had as well, especially given the result um, at the weekend. So, were you were you happy enough with that? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. I watched it on telly, but like, uh, it wasn't a great game. <laughs> but it was it was nice to get a clean sheet as well because we're just awful at keeping clean sheets. And it was the first since I think Old Trafford, wasn't it? But I thought Bazuni was good. I think he sort of denied was it Berger at the end, <laughs> um, and sort of dived his low left. Like I thought he had a good game. I thought, like I said, Harwood, uh, Bellis, and Bednarek had a good game. I thought Suleiman in the last two games, he's just looked so much better. Technically, he had a good game against Liverpool, but I just thought that was just a random mm. game at the end of last season, to be honest. But he's just shown his pace, really shown how quickly he can accelerate as well. Just full-backs can't really seem to to do anything, really. He just seems to have him in his pocket. So I thought I thought Adam Armstrong was really good as well. And um, I know he put like a shot across him for Charlie. He couldn't quite get to it. So I thought... Adam Armstrong had a really good game the last two games, but yeah, I just thought it was really good, like you said, about the the fight at the end. Um, it was just a really good show of togetherness, really. It's nice that the team seemed to get on because <laughs> um, recent years, it seems that people just don't really want to be be there for whatever reason. or It's just not really kind of like that big show of togetherness or fight. And it was just nice to see that, to be honest. How was the atmosphere, Alfie? Because um, you were there. It, it sounded like they turned quite quickly on the telly. It, uh, it, it was really quiet yeah. at times. It was really interesting. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was honestly pretty unique. It was a uh, really toxic towards the referee. Obviously, even though I felt that they actually he probably gave things fifty-fifty throughout the game. Got them all wrong, obviously, but they went either way. Um, so yeah, it was really surprising one. 
Um, they, yeah, unique, unique. It was it was a toxic playing, but I think that obviously that obviously played in Southampton's hands. But Eleanor meant something that was really. I actually I thought Adam Armstrong was immense on Tuesday. Um, like created so many chances, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I went and spoke to Jan Bednarek um, a couple of days after, a couple of days later as well for a quick interview. And obviously Eleanor's already mentioned. Um, about how impressive him and Taylor Bellis was. But I wanted to mention Jan because he's he's an interesting character. I've not spoken to him for about a year or two now. And um, he's he hates doing media, to be fair to him. He hates doing media. He's not that sort of guy. But he was on the training pitch at 24 past. And our interview was half past. And I was thinking, well, there's absolutely no way that he's going to be on time. But long and behold, 29 past, five minutes later, he's gone all the way from the training pitch right through the pavilion. He's there to sit down. One thing he did say was, you know, he's, he's also taken his leadership role on a couple of games now. He's... I think literally picked up Flynn Downs and Charlie and dragged them away from things kicking yeah, off. And, and he's, he's, you know, it's perfect. It's just what he needs to do. Um, he said that we're, we're here to play football, not another sport, which I, I'm not sure if that reflected on his uh, his rugby tackle in the box. <laughs> <laughs> he, but he is somebody who is taking up a massive role now. I think, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's just he's seen the chaos around him and realises that he can be the one who can call it down. But that was what he said. The big line was, you know, I'm here to, to call this down. I think you have to credit Jan. What a turnaround for him. There was definitely a time last year. Sorry, Martin. He should be the guy, though, because, Mm. you know, he's got 40-odd caps for Poland. Mm. He's an experienced player. He's rubbed shoulders with the likes of, obviously, Lewandowski in that Mm. team. So he's 26 years. Is he our longest-serving player now, apart from Jackson? Alex McCarthy is. Oh, yeah. Let's let's not talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) uh, You know, he's been there a while now. He's been mm. he's he's been there a while now, so he you know he he should he should step up. And after after the the Villa um, loan fiasco mm. last season, I, I I do see a player who who has tried to change the narrative about himself. And and um, yeah, long long may it continue. I I I like having him in the team. Yeah, because he's the he's you know he's a decent out and out defender. He's never going to be the best sort of like technician passer of the ball. But I think I said last week I just. He, he, I think Stevens and Harwood Bellis as a combination that it would be, I don't know, too soft if you like. I think there'd be two very, very similar players there. Whereas Bednarek just gives you that little bit, little bit different. And uh, in in this league this season, I think that's a good thing. It's going to be a dilemma, isn't it, when uh, when Stevens comes back? But I guess as a manager, that's the kind of thing you want. I just I remember uh, Bednarek as well last year. Had he gone off injured or he'd been subbed and he was coaching yeah, from sidelines, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, kind of you know, kicking every ball and, and shouting them through. So I want to do player of the week as well. So um, anyone that stood out for you, um, taking into account both games, obviously Carl Walker-Peters uh, again, mm. um, is what I thought was pretty decent yesterday. Uh, anyone else, Alfie, any, um, any obvious ones? Yeah, I was going to say Carl Peters because I think he probably is head and shoulders one of the best players in the division. But I think based on the last week, you have to say Stuart Armstrong, just on the yeah. you know, the, the free kick, um, the, the goal, the impact that he's made coming into the team, the way that he has so much finesse and so much composure on the ball, always looks to bring the team forward at the moment. Um, and I think, to be fair to Russell Mine, getting the best out of him. You know, he started three games back to back twice this season. Well, we Stuart were led Armstrong. to believe that he couldn't do that, weren't we? Exactly. He can't possibly do three. And games. I suppose what you say is under the old system, under the, the you know, the Ralph Hasnell 4 4 4 uh, four, four, 2 press, he probably couldn't do it because his body would just break down. But I suppose in this way where it's ball, you know, it's ball orientated, not, not press orientated, I suppose he can handle it a bit better. So, yeah, really impressive from Stu. And it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets in Scotland. Hopefully, Steve Clark doesn't pick him. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, next to nothing. Uh, Eleanor, who's uh, stood out for you from the, the games you've seen this week? Who would be your, your player of the week? Anybody uh, anybody different to that? Um, I mean, I thought Stuart was great, I've, I've especially just out wide as well. It was just brilliant. He was sort of everywhere, but maybe Adam Armstrong, because he's just obviously uh, just created so much and he just seems to actually like 
have more urgency this season as well. Like, I'd, I'd just pick him. <laughs> yeah, fair as well after Tuesday. Um, Glenn? Um, I would say, I'm not saying, but I would say Kamaldine Suleimana, but I'll probably burst into flames uh, for being a massive, <laughs> massive hypocrite <laughs> after um, I've absolutely battered him for about six months now. Slightly left field, but I think Flynn Downs is improving all the time. Mm. I thought he had a really good game up at um, up at Stoke. I like the fact as well that, that he, he's come out and, and said that, you know, we play walking football at times mm. yesterday. I think that's, it's always good when, players show a bit of awareness of what's going on rather than just and he does seem to be a bit of a character so uh, yeah I um I, you know I like I like that about him and I thought he had a you know he had a decent game in the um certainly in the first 30 minutes yesterday um yesterday yesterday but uh but yeah but then you know he was probably as guilty as anyone of um of falling into the malaise of that middle 30 minutes where nothing really happens so but yeah i think overall i'd i'd, I'd stick flynn downs up there as well flynn yeah, said okay. to me yesterday as well um that he didn't want to make a song and dance about it and he almost really didn't want me to mention it but he he actually sort of mentioned and stopped himself that he that illness that he had don't want to bang drum better but he really was ill and he lost quite a few pounds and i think that to give him maybe a little bit of credit i think he actually was off the pace for those first few games because he'd lost a lot of weight he was really not very well and he feels like now he is finally actually he's put those pounds back on he's getting back to his top self so hopefully what we'll see this week is what we'll continue to see the player we thought we were going to sign, yeah. We'll get that uh, little vote on to our social media. Just before we finish, I wanted to mention Andrew Walsh, who got in touch on Thursday, so before the game at the weekend. He says, I'm writing to you to see if I'm the most travelled Saints fan to never see them win. I live in Palm Coast, Florida. I'm originally from Hythe. Uh, you can see why you would swap the two, couldn't you? Uh, and since 2018, I've flown back to watch them play Chelsea. They lost. Burnley, they lost. Watford, they lost. Man City, lost in the FA Cup. And Bournemouth, they lost, uh, which is 42,330 miles to see them lose every time. Uh, this was on Thursday. He said, Sir, tomorrow, my wife and I will be at St. Mary's. We're traveling to St. Mary's to watch them play Rotherham. Can any of your listeners beat my appalling bad luck? Uh, and that was uh, from Andrew who then got in touch again after the game to say, well, that was awful, 50,796 miles, and I still haven't seen them win. Uh, there's only so much a fan can take. We were dreadful in the second half. Keep up the great podcast. Uh, it's my go-to entertainment every week on my long drive to work from Andrew. So um, thank you, Andrew, for sharing that. Can you also let us know the next time you're going to come and watch the team? Because we'll probably all stay at home, to be honest. So uh, thank you. Lovely to hear that. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, don't forget the Football Content Awards. I think we've mentioned it plenty tonight. Uh, we're nominated. We need your votes. You can do that until midnight tonight. Uh, details can be found in the podcast and the YouTube description or by checking out our socials, of course. It's at Total Saints Pod on Facebook and Twitter. You'll also find us on Instagram and Threads. If you're on there, it's uh, Total Saints Podcast. And as you know, if you're watching the podcast on Sunday evenings, we always live stream TSP every week to our Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, we do love hearing from you throughout the week, especially if you travelled miles to see the team loose. Uh, you can drop us a DM on any of the socials uh, or you can email us totalsaintspodcast at yahoo.com if you've got something to share. Uh, we're also on Patreon. That's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution. You visit patreon.com forward slash totalsaintspodcast. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month and each of the tiers comes with different perks, including weekly shout outs to those patrons in our Francis Benali and our mix 
Nick Shannon tears. So thank you to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Andy Hollis, Matt Hall, Anthony Thompson, Saints in Exile, Gavin Ford, James Harron, Nikki Nicholson, Southampton NY, and Drew Dyer in the Francis Bernani tier. And also to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Matt Rose, and Nick Reed in the Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Alfie. Thank you, Eleanor. Thank you for making your debut. Uh, I hope that wasn't too painful reliving those games. No. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.